thank the band again today. Great, great stuff. Well, today we have a special guest, actually a family member, and I, I want to welcome this young lady uh, today. She is a hero. Her name is Lindsay Owens, and she's here today. Lindsay, um, we'll, we'll have a moment for the big clap. Uh, but uh, Lindsay is serving and has served in Africa, and now she's in the Middle East uh, sharing the good news of Jesus. And I've always said about Lindsay, I want to be like Lindsay when I grow up. <laughs> she's an amazing woman of faith. She's here for her sister Kirsten's wedding with Caleb. And uh, we're just honored to have. Just stand up and let's, let's give her a round of applause today. Praise you, Amen. She is one of the main reasons or one of the main or examples of why I love to do what I do. <laughs> Today, we're going to continue our series on parables. Last week, we discussed the question. Anybody remember the question? Why parables? Why did Jesus speak in parables? Why didn't he just come straight and clear to the point of what he was trying to say if he was trying to gain a following and transform the world? And the question that we came to out of our observation of parables in this last uh, service last week was Jesus told parables in order to separate the devoted followers from the casual observers. To separate those who would come to him and say, Jesus, what was it you were saying? I got to know what you're saying. I got to understand from those who'd say, oh, that was kind of interesting. Jesus is not looking for interested people. He is looking for devoted people who will give their lives fully to him forevermore. And uh, we handed out last week uh, a syllabus and we've got it in our bulletin again. We may get that online, but... Uh, could you wave your syllabus for me today? <laughs> yes. Um, this tells you where we're going this upcoming summer and what you can read. And I challenge and encourage you, as I did last week, to read, to come up and formulate your own questions, to seek God, uh, and uh, to find out more about Him through His Word. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, so my question for us today is, did anybody have time to look at the Scriptures this week? In advance, a few of you. Susan, I see you back there. Way to go, girl. Uh, great. We had some people. Hey, if you didn't, no condemnation. Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn. He came to set us free. But God's got something wonderful for all of us today. I just want to challenge and encourage you to follow along with me. Make sure I'm doing my homework as well. Today we're going to look at the first parable uh, that uh, is a parable, a list of seven parables in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 13, in Mark 4, and also in Luke. And this is the first parable that we're going to address. It's the parable uh, of the mustard seed. Uh, the question I want to ask today about this particular parable is why did Jesus use a mustard seed to illustrate the kingdom of God? And uh, how should this understanding radically affect the way that I live my life? 
Let's remember the location and the setting of this particular parable, okay? Jesus is by the Sea of Galilee. Say, Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee. He's there. He's by the, the same uh, lake, Gennesaret, you could call it. It's not a huge body of water. Um, that's what it was called also. It had a few names. But Jesus is the same place that he called Peter to follow him with his brother Andrew. It's the same place he called John um, John and his brother James, whose parents were partners in fishing ministry. He called them and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is the same lake. Jesus liked this lake. He actually walked on it, if you remember. Anyway, so Jesus is on at this lake and he's surrounded by a big crowd. A crowd of people always having the masses around him. And he's telling a parable to the people, again, to separate the devoted followers from the casual observers. And he is, um, uh, he is uh, well, he is addressing a mindset as well. And I want to talk about that. We, we need to understand, as Jesus is standing out here and he's addressing a crowd, what mindset... He was talking about when he talked about the kingdom of God. Jesus was speaking to the prevalent Jewish mindset that a king and a kingdom was coming. A king, a prophesied king, 300 plus prophecies all throughout the Old Testament, that a king was coming and that the kingdom would be renewed uh, and restored. And Israel at this current time when Jesus was in, in, uh, um, in Judea was under the rule of the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire gave them a little bit of autonomy, but in reality, they still had to pay their taxes to Caesar, as Jesus sp uh, spoke of. And they were under, uh, they were not able to be free. They were really uh, in Oppression And the common viewpoint of the day about the kingdom of God and the coming Messiah King was that he was going to come in a show of force and he was going to come with his army and deliver them through force, take over, wipe out the oppressors, establish his kingdom and whoo, glory. We're back in business, right? A king, a son of David and, and his son Solomon. David and Solomon, two consecutive kings in Israel, were great and expansive kingdoms. But they knew that this king was going to be even greater than that. And they were looking for him to come in a show of force. It's why you see the uh, disciples with Dane Bramage, otherwise known as brain damage. When he would speak, they, uh, they didn't understand where he was coming from. They had this mindset. Jesus came in a completely different way. So let's talk about that today. Is that okay? <laughs> All right. Well, this is a parable of the mustard seed, and it's found in three of the Gospels. The synoptic Gospels, meaning viewed together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The first three books in the New Testament. And these synoptic Gospels means that each of these texts... Really, Mark was the first Gospel, and that's the place I'm going to look today. And the other two, Matthew and Luke... Uh, conferred with Mark on their writing. John was a, uh, a separate work of its own, though absolutely uh, synchronous with uh, the other Gospels. But in these three Gospels, there's a presentation and a retelling of Jesus' story of the parable of the mustard seed. And uh, we have that written. Hopefully you had a chance to look at it this week, but uh, if not, that's fine. Today's message, we're going to refer 
to the passage in Mark. Mark chapter 4 and verse 30 through 32. Let's read it as follows. If you have it on your phone, your, your little version Bible or whatever else it is that you might have, go ahead and, and, uh, and uh, cue it up. Let's read. And he, Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Now, I did a little bit of searching this week for you guys. And uh, I found Whole Foods happens to have the type of mustard seed that Jesus was speaking of here. Not that little yellow thing, but a black mustard seed that was used in Jesus' day. If, I would, if we could have the uh, ushers come, they're going to give each one of you, they've got little baggies, they're going to give each one of you a little mustard seed for you to look at and to realize how small this thing was that Jesus was talking about. So take your little mustard seed, and you can plant it this week or, or whatever uh, you would like to do with it. Once again, as you look at this mustard seed, I want you to think about why Jesus spoke of the mustard seed uh, in regards to the kingdom of God in relation to that. And um, also how it should radically affect the way that we live. You see, I'll say it later, but Jesus wants to change the way that we think, right? In order to change the way that we act. He doesn't, he's not just saying, act differently. He's wanting to transform us from the inside out. And that's Jesus' gospel. All right, everybody got their mustard seed? Hold it up. Let me see it. You got it? Okay. Don't get too distracted by it. It's not that interesting. It's just really little. Why did Jesus use the mustard seed to illustrate the kingdom of God? I bet you're really wondering that now, aren't you? Well, this is why. Jesus was using the mustard seed to challenge that viewpoint of his day. The viewpoint of his day that the king and the kingdom, the Messiah, the promised king, was going to come in with a show of force, knock them all out, destroy the Roman Empire or whatever empire they were under at that time, set up his kingdom. He, he was coming to totally blow that mindset out, that paradigm. He was coming to challenge it. And what Jesus was saying was that uh, the kingdom of God does not operate like the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of God is completely different in its operation. The kingdoms of the world come in force. The kingdoms of the world come with oppression and with violence to take what they need. The kingdom of God comes in a completely different way. Jesus was turning over their ox cart, so to speak. He was flipping over in their minds their very paradigm. And uh, so here is what he revealed. He revealed a very key principle, right? It's a threefold principle I'm going to mention. The kingdom of God starts small. You can say start small. Grows big. And provides for many. Let's say that one more time. It starts small. Very small. (laughs) It grows big. And it provides for many. 
For those of you young people around here, you may in that second part grows big, use the word ginormous. I don't know what, but we're not just talking kind of big. We're talking huge. Okay? So, let's um, uh, take a moment. And um, Jesus shattered that paradigm of his day by revealing this principle again. The kingdom of God starts small, grows big, provides for many. Uh, let's break down these three parts of the principle by looking at them one by one, okay? Alright, first, the kingdom of God starts small. It starts small. Let's read the beginning of the parable again. Jesus speaking again, he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. As you can see in your hand, that mustard seed is incredibly small, isn't it? In reality, uh, in Jesus is saying is that this is the smallest of all cultivated plants that were planted. Uh, and uh, this is extremely small. Um, but let's, uh, it represents how the kingdom of God operates. The earth-shaking kingdom of God starts with and requires humility. Humility. Well... Let me give you an example of humility. Let's look at this principle of small, <laughs> of humility in the life of Jesus. He was born humbly. Born in a manger, not the cute little manger you see on, you know, driving by if, if people still allow it. <laughs> anyway, uh, at different churches in different locations. It's not the cute little manger. It was dirty. It stunk. But Jesus was born there. He was not born in a palace. Not the normal place of a king. He was born humbly. He didn't come demanding. He came in a little baby's body. He came humbly. And he was the little mustard seed of the kingdom planted on this earth. Jesus uh, established his kingdom not by, a but not by a show of force. He established his kingdom... By dying humbly and broken on a cross. Bearing the sin of mankind. He established His kingdom through brokenness and humility. Don't you love Jesus? Praise His holy name. He was on an old rugged cross. Now let's turn to the church. The church that Jesus established. The mustard seed that Jesus planted. That... that holds the kingdom of God in this day and age. The church started with the 120. You remember we talked last week, Jesus had crowds around Him everywhere. Feeding 5,000, feeding 4,000, all these different people. But the thing, when it came down to it after His death, His burial, and His resurrection, He had 120 scared, knee-knocking, knock your knees out there, He had some scared disciples, 120, in the humble act of prayer. Meeting together in an upper room. And when the Spirit of God came upon those men and women, it became, within a very short period of time, the predominant faith and force in the Roman Empire. And it became, ultimately, the predominant force in this world. Jesus started small. Jesus started broken and humble. The church started small. It started broken and humble. But after time, the kingdom of God grows big big use a word for big huge enormous unbelievably big the kingdom of god we use a word that is really expansive there let's continue reading the parable in mark 4 so the kingdom starts small and then it grows big yet when planted it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants 
the mustard seed actually grows to become one of the largest garden plants. It's 8 to 12 feet high. That's pretty big, coming from what's in your hand right now. Look at that thing. 8 to 12 feet, that's some pretty expansive growth, wouldn't you say? Expansive growth. It's like me spending a week on a cruise ship. Expansive growth. <laughs> just kidding, if you know all the buffets and such. That was just a... Anyway. <clears throat> the amazing growth of the kingdom started from a small position. And it was an unassuming... Uh, what's unassuming in man's eyes, what begins small and little, becomes a force to be reckoned with. That's what the kingdom of God is like. That's when Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It starts small, and then it grows big. It grows, grows incredibly big. Um, Sorry. So, let's look at the principle in the life of Jesus. The Lord Jesus never held political office. He didn't even have a place to lay His head. He didn't have a home. That's what He's trying to say. I don't own a home. I don't rent a home. (laughs) I don't have a home. When the disciples were wanting to follow him, right? He didn't have any of these things. He was born humbly. Uh, and uh, he, he didn't have anything but the principle in the life of Jesus. He was crucified as a criminal on a cross. But then, after he was dead, he was buried. Then he was raised again in glory and in power. And you know what it says in the book of Revelation? It says that you are worthy, speaking of Jesus, because to open the seal and break the scroll, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe, tongue, people, language, and nation. It says in the Scripture very clearly that Jesus Christ has been raised, seated by the right hand of the Father. At His name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's pretty big. Of the increase of Jesus' government and peace, there will be no end. Let's look at this principle in the life of the church, Jesus' body. The church has grown incredibly large. It's big. It's not big enough. It's not large enough or Jesus would have returned already, by the way, though. That's why you and I are still here (laughs) in order to see it happen at a greater measure. The church has provided so many things for so many people. And um, the church started with 120 scared disciples in that humble act of prayer. Uh, but, But God has done so much through it. He's shaken kings and He's shaken kingdoms. Now, as a result, it it starts small, it grows big, and as a result, it provides for many, many, way beyond what you could even imagine. Let's, Let's look at the end of the parable, which says, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. You know, the full grown mustard seed has birds that perch in it. It's providing for these birds. Let's again look uh, at the principle in the life of Jesus. Jesus was born humbly. He died violently. And He rose again victoriously. Praise His holy name. He was victorious. And He's provided. Here are a few things He's provided, folks. He's provided salvation from sin and death for every person who would call on His name. He's provided healing for countless numbers of people throughout the world. He's provided so much for so many. And let's look at it in the principle of the church, Jesus' body. The church has grown, as I said, large. But in His provided salvation message for millions, even for billions, through the church, 
the poor are fed. Through the church, the broken are restored. Through the church throughout the world, incredible and amazing things are being provided for people. The church is the force to be reckoned with in the world. If you look at giving, if you look at, at, at NGOs and organizations, the church leads the way. The church leads the way because the leader of that way is Jesus. And He is the one um, who is impacting. And He's always providing, protecting, delivering, restoring, renewing, and you name it. So the impact of the church on the world is inestimable. It's inestimable. It is too large to be counted. So the kingdom of God, it starts small. Say start small. Get back with me here. It grows big. And it provides for many. You say, well, that's nice. Jeff, what does that have to do with me? Well, let's talk. <laughs> the kingdom of God has been planted by Jesus. It's been grown and it's being established by the church. Yet we all have an individual response to seeing whether the kingdom of God grows in our own lives uh, in the way that God would have it to. And I just want to um, say again that Jesus wants to change our thinking in order to affect our actions. He's changing the way we look at things. It's not starting big with some huge ministry. It's not, it's not doing something awesome or having a great personality. It is simply walking in the brokenness and humility and obedience of discipleship to Jesus. And you're going to change the world. You want to change the world? Walk as Jesus did. You want to change the world? Walk as the early church did. Start small. Grow big and provide for many people. Um, there's one more thing I want to draw our attention to in this parable before we uh, consider the application. Let's look at the passage again in Mark 4, 30-32. Again, He, Jesus, said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted... It grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. When I was a young man growing up in Texas, I grew up in Dallas, and uh, my grandfather lived on a farm in Dawson, Texas, population 700 and a few. And he lived on this farm, and he was a farmer. And he was incredible. At 85 years old, this guy was strong as an ox. I mean, you were afraid to go to the farm because you knew you were going to be put to work. I mean, he had, we were mending fences. Yes, I know you don't think that of me, but we were mending fences, branding cattle, cutting down mesquite trees. Anybody ever dealt with a mesquite tree? An extremely painful tree with thorns and such. I mean, it was, it was rugged. But one of the most important things that my grandfather did on his farm was grow wheat. We had, he had cattle and other things, but he grew wheat. And every late summer, his, pl his plows, his John Deere tractor, would go right on through, uh, and, and they would plow and plow and plow up, getting ready for something. He was getting ready for a wheat harvest. But, you know, one thing I want to mention is that what would have happened, though, if he did all this plowing, no matter how much plowing he did, and he never, he forgot, you know, he went inside at some point and forgot to plant the seed. Well, zilch, not a zero. I don't care how well you plant. I don't care that you have the seed. He could be covered in seeds. He could be laying in bed with seeds. <laughs> but he's not having anything, no harvest, unless he, what? Plants the seed. That's what I want to talk about in our own personal 
lives, if you will bear with me. We start small in our own lives by planting the seed, the mustard seed of the kingdom that we have now. This is an important thing for you to realize. Don't wait around till you have more faith. I just want to have more faith before I start, you know, stretching out. Or, I want to have everything together. I'm still in school, you know. I just came to know Jesus a year ago. I don't even know Jesus yet. I, you know, what, wherever you are, whatever your situation, don't wait around. Because look in your hand right now. What you have is incredibly small. What he has, whoo, unbelievably large. I mean, come on. It's the God of gods and the King of kings. The key is to plant that mustard seed of the kingdom that you have right now. Start small and plant it now. Starting small in my own life, I'm going to mention a couple of things very quickly to you. The first one is, I started small by allowing the kingdom, the seed of the kingdom to be planted in my life. You see, Jesus has planted the seed of the kingdom. The church is planting the seed of the kingdom. But the question is not that it's going to be planted and not that there's going to be a harvest. A question for some of us here today that may not know or have a personal relationship with Jesus is, am I going to allow that seed to be planted in my life? And when I was younger, I gave my life to follow Jesus with all of my heart. And that seed was planted in my life. I was adopted into the kingdom. That was a very small thing, but it was life-altering. It had big, even huge implications. A second thing that I did was to share the gospel uh, and to share that seed, that mustard seed of the kingdom with other people. I really started walking with God personally uh, as my Lord and Savior in college. And I was involved in a fraternity. And I, I... I was a a mess up. (laughs) I don't know how to say it other than that. And God radically got a hold of my life. And I began walking with Him. And my fraternity brothers, you know, uh, the pledges had to come and get an interview from you as the the active is what we called it. And they would come to me and they had to ask me questions. But as an active, I could say, um, just put that down. I want to tell you what Jesus has done for me. Well, I, I continued to faithfully plant the mustard seed of the kingdom in people's lives. One guy that I planted it with was a guy named John Wisely. He was a dear friend of mine, but he had taught me how to smoke marijuana. That's a problem. When I wasn't walking with Jesus, he was a wild man, let's just say. And I gave my life to Jesus. I was free, totally clear. And I began sharing with him and planting the mustard seed of the kingdom in his heart. He'd say, all right, Bianc, that's what they used to call me back in the day. You can call me that if you want, if it's respectful. (laughs) Pastor Bianc, I don't know. But he said, "Uh, okay, whatever, you know. And my my college (laughs) fellas thought I was a little, uh, a lot strange because um, we didn't have any believers in my fraternity that I knew of at that time. They hadn't blown their cover if they were. And uh, so uh, what happened was I, I planted that seed And I graduated from college, and about a few months after I got out of college, I received a phone call from a man named John Wisely, weeping on the phone, saying, my family and my my girlfriend broke up with me, she and my whole family did an intervention, I'm in Narcotics Anonymous, and, and I remember... I remember you sharing about Jesus with me, and I've given my life to follow Him. I'm giving my life to follow Him. Basically, what He was saying was, you planted that seed, that mustard seed of the kingdom in me, and now it's coming to pass. Well, anyway, John has been in ministry for over 25 years now. 
He and his wife are serving in a, in a what some would call closed, a restricted country, and preaching the good news of Jesus to many. I just received an email from him. I mean, he's my hero. I just received an email from him, and he wrote to a group of people that had known him in that day and said, I'm celebrating today my 23rd year of sobriety. Praise God. You see, that seed of mine, it started small. It didn't even seem like it was taking effect. But John heard it. He ultimately received it. And it grew big. And guess what? It's providing for many. It's providing for people in a country I'm not in right now. It's providing. It is exponential. When you start small in your own life, responding to what God has, He will do a great work in you. The question I want to ask today as we come to a close is, have you been waiting for the right time for more faith? To plant that seed in your own life, the mustard seed of the kingdom, with what you have now. You don't have to be a spiritual giant. Please. It's not about spiritual giants. It's about the giant God that loves us. (laughs) And is committed to us. And is intimate with us. If you plant it, just I encourage you to plant that seed of the kingdom now. I don't know what it is. Uh, that you've been waiting around for. Maybe it's a co-worker that you're with uh, or a friend that you've been waiting to, to, to share about Jesus, to pray with. Maybe it's some loving act. Someone's been really hateful to you and you want to plant a seed of the kingdom and love and brokenness and humility like Jesus did. I don't know what it is, but there's something God wants you to plant this week. As the anonymous... I couldn't find the the... the Um, author of this quote, but it says, what's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? What's the second best time? Today. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree. That's what it is. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you have been, and I want to encourage you. Maybe you haven't, but today is the best time to plant the seed of the kingdom. Let's imagine for a moment, as the band comes up, what it would look like if each one of us planted a mustard seed of the kingdom with what we have, rather than waiting around, Um, for something impressive before we plant it? What if all around the city we were taking faith-filled risks for God and planting that little... Lift that mustard seed up in your hand, that little mustard seed. Not big, not super impressive in the natural. But what if we were doing it and, and we were planting that mustard seed? If you could see the spiritual realm, Boston would be becoming a mighty tree. And it is becoming, I'm believing it, A mighty tree of protection. Instead of people coming to Boston and getting in debt, no condemnation, students or anyone else, no condemnation. We're here for freedom. We'll help you get out of it. (laughs) But what if people quit coming to Boston to get out of, uh, to get into debt and they came because it's an easy place to get out of debt? What if people would start coming to Boston, not because, uh, and afraid because it's a hard place for the good news and for faith, but because it's a place where faith is all over the place, where you come into the city of Boston and the mustard seed of the kingdom of God has been planted so many times that people are growing like crazy in Jesus and it's impacting the world. So let's remember today, Jesus is illustrating through the mustard seed, this little mustard seed. That we start small. It starts small. The kingdom of God started small. But if we do plant that mustard seed, as Jesus has planted the mustard seed, as the church is planting the mustard seed, if we join with God and plant that mustard seed in faith of the kingdom, it will grow big. 
And if you want your life to, to mean something and matter, the most loving thing that you can do and that I can do is to plant the mustard seed of the kingdom. Because it's going to provide for many. Do you provide for many? No. You look at that person you walk by this week, maybe a homeless person, and you think, how could I provide for them? Begin planting a mustard seed and more people like, like those folks will get provided for. Let's stand and let's respond to God with all of our hearts. The last thing I want to ask is that if you would take a moment while we're responding to God and just write down on a piece of paper, what is one area I've been waiting around before I plant the mustard seed of faith in that area uh, of the kingdom, the mustard seed of the kingdom. And if you'd write that down and just tell someone near you and have them hold you accountable this week to responding and doing it. Uh, because it's not the great things that change the world. It's a whole bunch of little things that become the mighty force for God's glory and for His kingdom. Let's worship. Uh, let's have some of our... Uh, uh, prayer team, come forward right now. And if you have any needs in your life right now, or if this is specifically spoken to you, we want to pray for you, for the sick to be healed, for the, if you have a, a hurting uh, family member or anything, we want to pray for you today in the name of Jesus.